Welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 164. I'm Killian Vigna. And I'm Zoe Bill Springer. This week on the show, we're joined by PR and marketing professional Zane Hagee to discuss crisis communication, resilience, and the power that lies in being a black sheep. If you were looking at all of the decisions that have been made out there, there's a lot of good ones. And if you made those exact same decisions, you're a different person. They are not going to work for you. One of the best things you could possibly do right now, if you want to listen to somebody, look for another salon that is in a similar position to yourself or maybe just a little bit ahead of you in the opening and find out how it's going. They're very busy, but they will take time to help another salon owner. They will take time to tell them this is what happened. And you know, people like myself are out there for the big messaging to handle some of this stuff. But in reality, the best advice you can get is going to be somebody that has been in the trenches just a little bit. And then you can look for what works best for you. Find out how you need to survive it yourself by making your own adjustments. When we think of the people and brands that have inspired us along the way, each has had something dramatic that made them stand out. Rather than simply doing things the same old way, they forged new paths and found a way to shine. It's not a negative trait to be someone who doesn't fit in with the rest of a group. How many people have gone down in history for being just like everyone around them? If that resonates with you, then you'll definitely enjoy this week's conversation. Because yeah, we can't say we've come up with that, but we couldn't agree more. Those words were actually written by Zane Hagee himself for Salon Today in an article titled, Be a Black Sheep. Yeah, absolutely. And throughout this episode, you'll notice his niche is actually to find simple solutions for complex problems. His agency, Z11 Communications, has actually represented Intercoiffure America Canada since 2014, which makes him a seasoned and resourceful person for salons, schools, brands and individual artists who need help with their PR, their marketing and sometimes just even to find their own why. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Zane. Thank you. It's great to be here. Great to have you on the show. I mean, the first thing I heard was, this is a guy that's done 85 marathons. I think you'll like him. And instantly I was like, I have to have this guy on the show. <laughs> I, yeah, like, I love that with my professional career, the first thing that always comes up is that I've done 85 marathons. That's all. <laughs> well, I mean, it's an impressive feat. It's just so, like, you know, this guy means business. Like he's got his head straight because it's, yeah, it's not easy. Like someone that can put themselves through that has obviously been through a lot of life experiences. Well, and it adds to the life experiences. It's one of the things that I really use to burn off the stress as I go, Yeah, uh, because I have been living pretty hard, a little harder than I should for many years, and I've had insomnia for almost 30 years. So one of the things that I have learned is that um, if I have a lot of time on my hands, I could either make really bad decisions, which I have done, (laughs) or I can make really good decisions and focus on my work. And I have found that the running allows me to not just focus on the work, it allows me to have the clear thoughts work on projects while I'm out there, enjoy taking care of myself for a little bit, and also um, really get a good focus on how work truly is. Because, you know, when you're going to run distances like a marathon, you're not going to sprint the entire thing. And that's the way I look at all of my work projects. It's not a sprint. It's something that you need to take your time, focus on, and set real goals and work to get there. And sometimes you fall a little short. Sometimes you need to stop and rest. Um, and sometimes you really enjoy the water breaks. But either way, you're easily, slowly taking your time towards accomplishing something that's going to make your life and other lives better. So you just take your time and work your way towards it. So it's not just putting yourself through a grueling task and the training that's needed for it. You actually do come away with it with some kind of valuable life lessons that apply to the rest of your life. You do eventually. (laughs) How long does that take? 10 years? Uh, (laughs) 
you know, between 18 to 24 miles in every marathon in that time frame, there's not one good thing coming out of it for me. But, uh, you know, the next day when you're relaxed, sitting back somewhere and reliving it and thinking about it, it, it again, it kind of plays into the work motif for me. It's just one of those things that you, you get to pause and reflect and think about what you have done and what you want to do. And it sort of it gives you the ability to double down and truly focus on trying to um, always shoot for the next goal. You said that um, kind of you started getting into the marathon running because of like you had insomnia and stuff like that through the years. So was this one aspect of helping you build sort of a more resilient attitude to life or a resilient mindset? It was. I um, actually, uh, it also helped me lose about 80 pounds. So when I went through life changes on that front, it allowed me to start just really honing in on always trying to remind myself that I need these routines and that by keeping structure in life, um, I can always kind of push towards a better way and remind myself that I don't necessarily want to go back to where I was, but I want to keep moving forward to something new. How does that work in a context of, I don't know, for me, running is just so foreign. Like, I just cannot enjoy it. I cannot bring myself to it. I'll do loads of other sports and stuff, but running is just not one of them. I used to think that, but you do get addicted to it. Yeah. After yeah. a while. Yeah. yeah. It happens. So, but like in terms of resilience, right? Like at the minute, if you look at just this context with COVID-19, there's a lot of volatility in people's lives, a lot of like pressure, people are, you know, stressed and, and financially stressed as well. How do you kind of build resilience within this context, within a context of like being stressed already? Well, uh, that is a very good question. And it's something that I'm dealing with a lot with people right now. Um, and we will be for much longer than any of us care to admit um, and have been for longer than people would have dreamed. I know that um, in early January, I started warning clients um, what was about to happen in certain cases. And um, I have now, um, since late January, had a car full of thermometers and face masks because I've been prepping different people for different things. And one of the things that we keep trying to look at is that just because we're doing things a certain way right now doesn't mean they're going to work in the future. And in a way, that's the way business has always been, and it's something that's kind of important here. I know we're looking at it in the in the scope of a, a pandemic, and a lot of people are afraid of that side of it, which, um, uh, you know, that's a whole different topic and a completely different level of a podcast. But when it comes to the business side of this, in reality, businesses always change. Things are always on the forefront, be it a digital revolution or something else. There's always something out there causing change and forcing us to adapt to what's next. So what we're looking at now is a chance to basically be forced to adapt to a new way of looking at things and try to make ourselves work through it. So instead of looking at how to become resilient through this, to me, I keep looking at this as a simple forced change that um, is a little faster than we typically go through. But it is a change just like businesses have continually had throughout history. Uh, this one is absolutely abrupt and fast, but matter of fact is we have to make changes and, you know, mindsets are changing, what the clients want are changing, what the consumers want are changing, but a lot of the core parts of the people causing them to want these things, that's still the same. So we have some of the basic needs still to address, but we have different ways of trying to work through these and make sure that we keep our businesses operating and, and there for them throughout things. Um, I work with a lot of salons, with beauty schools, and then also with 
clients all across the board in many, many different realms. And in reality, this is sort of an equalizer because everybody, be, be it one of the big kids or one of the little kids, um, all of a sudden, they're all pretty much playing in the same sandbox all of a sudden. Uh, some of the big kids are going to stay big kids, and then some of the some of the little ones are going to come out of there swinging and uh, making the right decisions. And you're going to find some some new bullies to to deal with out here in the middle of everything. So, when you look at the ones that are going to thrive, do you think that a lot of them would have adopted their business based on kind of past experiences? So, like, what's that? I'm going to butcher it now, but what's that quote of those who can't remember the past are condemned to repeat it? It's kind of like that whole attitude of, well, this is how we've always done things. So you're talking about looking at a future vision. Should we look at what we've done before and try and learn from it or almost scrap that and just start clean slate? We always have to look at the past um, because there's a lot of good things that we learn over time. If we start a new every day, um, I don't know if you've seen Memento, but uh, you know, if you had to start your day fresh every day, it would be a very strange way to have to go through and, and build a railroad. But um, we don't also don't want to do things the way they've always been done, or we will never have any new progress. Um, so one of the things that I like to work with people on all the time is to you know honor the past, but embrace a future that we can't even possibly fathom at this point in time. Anytime um, a client nowadays tells me, well, this is what we were doing three months ago, I just I want to ring, you know, just strangle their little necks and, <laughs> and work with coming to a way to say, let's not look at that anymore. Uh, it was great that you were doing that three months ago, but three months from now, you're going to be doing something very different. Uh, we're going to have a lot of the same services, but you know, we're even everything that we do to communicate with a client, the messaging is changing. Um, you're not going to talk to them the, exactly the same way because it's almost an insult to tell somebody, you know, come on back, everything's normal, uh, because they know it's not. And it's also an insult to continually run commercials telling people we're living in a time of change and to keep showing commercials with Zoom conference calls. We all know that we're doing this. So we need to adapt our messaging and the way we're handling things uh, to actually fill the needs of both the clients and the service providers to let everybody have a way of moving forward without just living in the past or sitting here in, in the present wondering what to do. We, we have to keep moving forward and, and planning for the future. So when, when you work with salons, and I'm bridging the gap with like a past article you wrote for Salon Today about being a black sheep. When you work with salons, you encourage them to be a black sheep. But when you say that, are you encouraging them to, I guess, be a trailblazer of some sort or simply to just make the decisions that feel right and probably are right for their type of business, their situation? Yeah, typically, uh, the latter, what you just said at the end, I like people to be able to make the decisions that feel right for themselves. If you're looking at all of the decisions that have been made out there, there's a lot of good ones. And if you made those exact same decisions, you're a different person. They are not going to work for you. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things I like to tell clients about the ideas I bring them, there are thousands of right answers to a lot of the questions that I get asked every day. Just because someone is different than mine doesn't make them wrong or me the only right answer. There's no, there's no way around this. You have to simply find the answer that's right for yourself and the way you want to run your business and move forward with it. And, you know, oddly enough, in certain cases, there there's not, there is a gray area because there are different versions of right. But finding the one that works for you will make you do better. If you try to do exactly what someone else did and be one of the white sheep, then all you're doing is copying. 
and uh, I think Dolly was the first copy of a sheep. I can't remember <laughs> when that when that took place, but nineteen ninety three or something came up with a quiz question the other night. <laughs> Fun fact. That worries me that you know that. <laughs> Doing a lot of Zoom quizzes lately. Too many. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we don't want to copy the sheep, and we also don't want to copy the black sheep either, because just because somebody comes out and does something new and crazy, if we try it, then, you know, it's it's not us. So my goal is to always tell people to be themselves, and not to the point that you ignore facts and good sense, but you also have to do things in a way that is true to yourself. If, you know, I, I own a PR firm. And I never wear a suit and a tie. I don't, I don't go in, um, in in the same way. And I used to represent a lot of financial institutions. And I remember sitting there in my cat T-shirts. And somebody said something to me one time about it. And I was like, you already have you. You don't need you. Um, you, you actually asked me to come here because you needed me. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not, going, I'm not going to be you. I'm going to help you be yourself. But, um, you know, we, ha- we all have to be uh, set in a course that is right for us. And um, hopefully we will then find that demographic that wants to ride along with us and that we can serve. So then with that, even though you may try and be the black sheep and kind of go and do your own thing, there's still a lot of miscommunication going on out there with the whole reopening your salons. Like there's some people who are just dying to get in there and start making the revenue. There's some people who just don't know what to do, how they're supposed to set up their salon or like even right down to the space and distance, the perspects, the time in between services. There's so much information to add on to what you're already doing that it can be confusing and I suppose paralyzing. Surely you're going to want someone to help you. Like how do you get past that fear? I'm not sure that you actually get past the fear. I know that when people, um, a lot of these salon owners that we're talking to, right now or about um they were probably afraid when they opened their salons as well i hope they were because making a step that big should make you afraid yeah and we have that same fear now as we're about to reopen our salons Uh, right now i'm working with people in i don't even remember how many states now but i have to you know i have to keep a running list of who all the governors are so that i can try to find out what each person is saying about what, and also I have um, Australian clients and it's completely different there. So everybody has different guidelines. And as you're mentioning it being confusing, it's horrible. I mean, with, with a big spreadsheet, notes, and, you know, some voodoo chants, I can't keep up with exactly what is happening in each area. Um, the one thing that is consistent is a lack of full communication because nobody truly knows exactly what to do. Everywhere, no matter where you're located, is opening in some sort of phases. We know that we fit in some sort of phase wherever we are. Um, All we can try to do is make sure that we do follow the legal guidelines. Um, And it takes a lot of effort to find out what those are in certain cases. Um, Different people have different health departments, governors, mayors, uh, different sorts of directions coming their way. And then, you know, you have the worry of making sure that you take care of your staff and you take care of yourself. And you also want to make sure that the clients come in, uh, not only have a great experience, but they, they need to leave safe. Um, because we need them back. <laughs> we want to make sure that we all stay in this as one big happy family and um, keep up with it. And we're being asked then to check their temperatures, make them wear a mask, ask them odd questions that are going to make them uncomfortable. And it, it, it's a very awkward situation that everyone is in and um, something that I say to the point that I'm tired of hearing myself say it is I know it's awkward, 
but everyone on the planet is living this awkward at this point in time. So it may be awkward, but it's not original to you. It's, it's actually happening to everyone and everyone else is experiencing it. Mm-hmm. So if somebody is mad at you when you tell them they need to wear a mask, keep in mind they're having a stressful day too. Mm-hmm. They don't know what to do. They don't necessarily understand why, because in today's world, people get a lot of their news from the headline as opposed to the actual news. It doesn't matter what side of any of these coins you're on. People don't read past the headline. So um, they're busy. They don't have a lot of time. So they don't necessarily know why they're doing X, Y, or Z. They get scared. And, you know, we have clients, we have staff, we have owners that are all doing the best they can to adapt to a new situation and then wake up and adapt to yet another new situation uh, almost every day right now as we watch the news to try to determine what to do. So the fear isn't going to go away. Um, I think the fear might help us make better decisions by having that little bit of tingle in the back that we we pay attention to to make sure that we're trying to do the right things for people. Uh, About my own career in general, one of the things I've told people many times throughout history, long before the pandemic was floating through, is if I'm ever not afraid when I do something again, then I probably need to go change my career anyway. Uh, When I get on stage and I'm about to speak to a crowd, if I'm not afraid to talk to that crowd anymore, then I don't have enough nervous energy and passion about it anymore to actually be out there. So if we're a little afraid and we're trying to open up, it's probably because we're worried about doing the right things and taking care of our people. And that's, that's a good thing. Let's embrace it and keep making the best decisions we can and also not be afraid to say, Oh my gosh, Hey, I made the wrong call. We're going to back up and do this just a little bit differently because we're all trying to learn something that we did not think we would need to learn just a few months ago. That's a great way of putting it, yeah. It actually just reminds me of imposter syndrome. Like, it's something that most of us experience at some point in our lives, and it never really goes away, especially, like, it comes back every time you do something different that's, like, out of your comfort zone. It's just completely new to you. But, yeah, it does remind me of that. Like, it's shown that you're growing because you are worrying about this. If you were to go into your job every day and not have that feeling, you're probably just on an automated zone or you know everything already, which means you're probably going to be stuck in a rough for a while, maybe. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm a little tired of some of the motivational speakers that I um, hear sometimes telling everyone that the world has changed, but make the most of it. Let's just go out there. And, but in reality, you know, the fact that the world has changed doesn't have to we don't have to worry about it constantly. We can look for the opportunities to do better things for people and to do better things for our own business and try to make, um, we can't change that it's here. So let's make the absolute best of the situation that we have and also share what we learned to help others do it too, because there's nothing wrong with competition. It actually makes us better. And right now, anytime that we can help the other one do better, um, it's going to help us all in the long run. So just on the don't be afraid of competition thing, then let's say you are a salon that has decided, you know what, just because we can open for health and safety reasons, I'm going to hold off that little bit more. Like they're not concerned about competitors. How do you communicate to your clients then that we're actually going to make the decision on behalf of ours and our staff's health that we're going to keep our doors closed for that little bit longer? Because you don't want to piss off your clients either. Like everyone is just crying out there for treatment. So you, you see it everywhere. It's one of the most talked about things. So how do we not alienate them? Well, um, in any um, crisis or issue that arises, the most important thing we can do is to be very open with our constituents and share data as fast as we can 
that is correct. We don't want to rush it, but we want to tell them what's truly happening. So communicating um, with everyone as to why you are making the decisions you are making. Most likely, um, if, if they're a long-standing customer of yours, then they probably share a mindset to a degree that they are going to actually appreciate why you're doing what you're doing. Um, I will admit they will probably go get box color. Um, they may do their own bangs. They may do something if you're going to be close a little bit longer. But the concerns that some people are having about people making it to another salon if they don't open fast enough, in reality, all of the salons are having to work at limited capacity anyway. They can't currently take on more customers. They can't even get to their own clients. So everybody is simply making the best decisions they can to serve their clients properly. And uh, I've found some instances where some salons would like to open, but they are holding a few weeks later yeah. uh, because they're making sure that they have plexiglass in place or that they make sure that they get enough cleaning supplies um, some of the larger groups, which you would uh, automatically assume could open sooner, actually have to go a little bit slower because there's a lot of training and deciding on traffic pattern, the flow of how to move people around to make sure that, you know, we, we keep the social distancing thing correct. Um, you can't do that if everyone stays six feet apart throughout the entire building, yet you funnel them all through a three-foot you know three foot door at the other side. So there's certain ways that you have to look at all of the patterns and keep them out there. So the best thing you can do, no matter what the issue is, is communicate it to your um, clients and let them know why you're making the decisions you're making and just be honest and open about it. They will stick with you. And, um, you know, if, if they don't, there's going to be other people that would um, love to hear the story about how you're taking your time to open. And they will suddenly become your friends. And then on the flip side of that, if you open your doors, guns blazing tomorrow, there's going to be people that would love to just saddle up and ride in with you. So uh, we each have our own audience, and uh, we don't have to have everybody. We have to have the people that are in line with our way of looking and thinking. That's actually a great way of putting it, because people right now are probably so focused on opening up and serving their customers that they're forgetting most of those customers are going to have to wait a few more weeks anyway because it's now at limited capacity yeah. or li limited availability. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. <laughs> yeah, if you have a salon that typically had, uh, on the big side, I have one client that, you know, they have over 60 chairs. So you're suddenly looking at operating about 25 of those chairs by the time you make the, the distancing work. Uh, that does not give you anywhere near the uh, capacity that you had just a few days ago. So you cancel 2,400 um, services and then schedule 1,200 over a little bit longer time frame. So it's people are in a, you know, there's, there's a lot of challenges people are facing. It's not about simply opening the doors and marketing yourself again. Um, we're, we're marketing a, um, a new era for the industry. Uh, it may be a three-month era. It may be an 18-month one. It may be one that lasts uh, much longer than any of us care to imagine right now. But whatever the length of this is, it is not what it was, as I said before. Uh, it's, it's a new world for a while. Yeah, no, 100%. Something that you mentioned there earlier was crisis communication. I think that's something that we kind of always look past. Um, I was wondering, you know, can you give us a crash course in crisis communication? <laughs> well, for me, the crash course in, in crisis communications is honestly just to be really, really open and honest and blunt about everything you have to say, um, because it will come back to you if you're not honest and open about the reality of the situation you're in. And um, I hate to admit 
the amount of my life is spent in crisis communication mode. I'm one of the people uh, that is called when, oh my gosh, you would not believe what X did and where they did X. Um, this has nothing to do with the salon industry. This is just worldwide. And it's one of those things that people call me for. And um, we have to just be very open about uh, what has to be um, out there to people and make sure that we communicate in a way that people can understand because mm-hmm. uh, we are speaking to different audiences in different places. Um, one of the things that's very challenging now that wasn't an issue just you know, a few years ago is everyone is an expert on everything and everyone has access to social media. Um, so it's hard to communicate your side of a crisis and then watch everyone's opinion of what should have been done in that crisis after it has passed and not weigh in and tell them exactly what you would, you know, like to do with their opinion and um, how, how you could make it better. So it, it, it becomes an issue to take a high road in how you tell your story and not get into debating, um, you know, putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable <laughs> with, with people out there on how they um, took your message and how they decided to turn it. Uh, Cause that is an issue in the world of social media and um, it, not going to get any better. So again, the, the goal is to take the high road and be very open about what you have to say and then try to be as transparent as possible and communicate frequently because people have very short attention spans. Like if, say, I don't know, you've communicated something and you realize, you know what, this wasn't the right decision and I need to backtrack on this. How do you go about that? Because, I mean, you're probably getting loads of backlash anyways if you're going to backtrack on something. So how do you kind of manage that aspect? That's going to have a lot to do with what that decision was and just how bad it was. I mean, we could. <laughs> it depends on what you just did to somebody on, on that. Oh my, I probably shouldn't have done that story. But um, I don't have a problem personally with letting people know when I've made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if we've made a decision and it turns out that there may have been a better way to handle something. Uh, we don't want to necessarily open ourselves up to the point before that they can question our leadership skills. But we can say, you know, data is changing daily right now. And it does appear that, you know, at this point, this would be the best way to do something. Uh, to put that into a simple term to fit the podcast, you know, if, if, if a salon opens uh, following the guidelines and they can have 25 people in and they go that route, whether they're taking a lot of compliments or a lot of hate mail, uh, if they find out two weeks later that it's not that easy for them to truly take care of the clients and the staff properly and care for them, um, they may want to kick back and say, you know what, we can only handle 20 at a time. So we're canceling some appointments and here's why we're doing it. We're doing it for your safety. And um, I know that it's a frustration for many of you because you've been waiting three months to get your hair cut. Uh, but we would rather keep you for the future and um, try to do this correctly now. And on the same side of that, it's not that hard to say, hey, we can handle five more per hour. We um, found a way to, you know, shrink people while they walk through the door and keep them closer <laughs> to one another without it being a problem. So, uh, you know, everyone's welcome. Come on in and, um, and, and handle it. So if you made a true decision that you thought was the right thing and you find there's a better one, it's okay to say that. Um, it's just things change. And right now we're all adapting the best we can to something that was different when we went to bed than it was when we woke up. 
I suppose it just comes down to 100% transparency, doesn't it? Like we're more educated now than ever with having constant communications coming through the likes of Twitter and stuff. Like every minute we're getting new information. So you're not going to be able to cod anyone. You're not going to be able to cod your clients. Just be transparent and honest. Transparency is key. And um, whether you want to talk about something or not, everyone else does. So if you've done something and you don't admit to it, they're still talking about it. So the best thing you can do is um, take the high road and communicate your message the way that you intend for your message to be communicated because uh, you're not going to prevent other people from talking about it. So you may as well tell your story. Absolutely. Well, look, like I'm sure some of your clients are probably going through this transition stage at the moment of opening up the salons. Is there any kind of feedback that you've received from them about how the process is going that you'd like to share with our listeners for someone that is still anticipating their opening? Like I know in Ireland, we're looking at another month, just over another month before our salons can open. Minimum. <laughs> yeah, minimum. Yeah, you know, something to to pass along is truly, um, and it, we sort of touched on it already, and it's not going to be as um, groundbreaking as I would like for it to be, but exercising patience in this is the most important thing anyone can do. Um, I'm working with clients in so many areas right now that are at various stages of open, not open. I don't know when I can open. I want to, you know, stand outside the Capitol with a gun. There, people are, you know, at different levels of, I don't know what to do. Um, and there's also people that just opened. Uh, some of them have been now, I guess, we're two weeks out, something like that. And they're learning every day um, what to do. And, you know, you're, we're now we're hearing messages where like, hey, we need to work together to tell people how to like even take care of themselves. They're wearing masks all the time and we're seeing all this damage. Uh, you know, if you're going to, to a salon, uh, that's the people that can actually help you take care of your skin and face. So, you know, there's all these little things that we're learning now that we probably need to help people with um, when they come through as well. But all we can do is be patient and wait to see. And if we try to guess what's going to happen in two weeks, we're going to be wrong. Um, I have been planning, you know, from my end, I, you know, yeah, I'm a PR firm. I can tell people anything. I, you know, it's going to happen, but I don't have to know exactly when it's going to happen because I was able to foretell that it was going to happen. I, my my live, livelihood is not on it being on the 12th of the month. Uh, if it were, then I would be, you know, having all of the same panic attacks that everyone trying to run a salon is because they need to know these dates. When is it going to open? When is it going to close? How do we handle this? All they can do is literally try to remember why they are in this industry anyway and stay with it, stay calm, be patient, and realize that others are in this boat but also look to other people in your industry. It's phenomenal people. The, the reason that I have focused on the beauty industry uh, for clients is not because I fit in there in any other way other than the fact that they're just absolutely wonderful people. Uh, they're, they're thought leaders. They're nice people. They're creative. And they will actually communicate with one another. So one of the best things you could possibly do right now, if you want to listen to somebody, look for another salon that is in a similar position to yourself or maybe just a little bit ahead of you in the opening and find out how it's going. They're very busy, but they will take time to help another salon owner. They will take time to tell them this is what happened. This is how we did it. And, you know, people like myself are out there for the big messaging to handle some of this stuff. But in reality, the best advice you can get is going to be somebody that 
has been in the trenches just a little bit. And then you can look for what works best for you. As we've already discussed, do what is good for you, but look at the people that have already been there and, and find out how they um, survived it and then find out how you need to survive it yourself by making your own adjustments and um, kind of learn from them and then do what's right for you. Well, Zane, this has been absolutely fantastic. If people want to get in touch with you or even just, you know, follow your social media or anything like that, how can they do that? Uh, you know what? Website is z11communications.com. That's where the um, firm is. Uh, or my email is zane.hagey at z11communications.com. Um, other than that, you know, it's easy to find me if anybody wants to. I'm always out there somewhere. Uh, if nothing else, I'll run by one morning in a cat shirt in the rain. <laughs> but um, it has um, been a, a great run to get to work through something as as bad as what the world is like right now with some of the stuff we're dealing with, to be able to work with stylists and people that, that care so much about the industry and about their own clients and about their own staff, it put me in a place to actually have a better mindset than I would have ever dreamed I could have through something this bad because I'm working with people that honestly care about one another. And um, it has been a great thing. So thank you very much for the time and for having me on here. At, um, I hope that uh, I am able to listen to this without having panic attacks later but uh, <laughs> i do appreciate the time and um, appreciate you folks very much absolutely thanks so much for joining us again hey guys zoe and killian here there's a lot going on in the world right now and things are changing fast this is a short reminder for you to stay safe and on top of all the latest and factual news your starting point should be your governing health services website to help you navigate this crisis, Forest Salon Software has also a variety of business resources available. Check out our Help Juice page, the Forest Academy Learning Portal, the Coronavirus Best Practice page at forest.com forward slash C19, the Forest Blog and Podcast, and our multiple on-demand webinar recordings at forest.com forward slash resources. And one last thing, don't, don't be scared, scared be, be prepared. prepared. And now it's time to move on to the second half of the show, which is the Inside Forest segment. I think so. You have a few things here to share. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the first thing I wanted to share is the, well, we were talking about reopening content and how we were working on that. So the forest.com forward slash C19 page has now been updated with reopening content for you guys to check out. The download portal associated to this forest.com forward slash C19 page has also been updated. Um, you'll notice that all of the previous closure content has now been uh, removed from the portal, but you can actually still download it all. It's just simply now zipped into a file there available on the, the portal itself um, to make it clear for you guys that what we're going to be uploading in the next coming weeks is actually all related to uh, reopening. The second thing I wanted to announce, so for any of you who have been participated in 30 Days to Grow, uh, you'll know that you know it's, it's nearly the end of the challenge uh, as of today. Today is day 29 of the challenge, uh, so it ends tomorrow. And for day 29, we figured that the task should be about getting our minds off the COVID-19 pandemic, the stress of reopening or prepping for reopening, and just enjoy a night of fun. It's open to anyone who wants to participate wherever you are in the world. Get your team together virtually, of course. Dress up for quiz night, and it's called the Big Fat Global Hair and Beauty Salon Quiz. We have five rounds, and they'll be hosted by the Hairdresser's Journal, Salon Today in Modern Salon, 
ProBeauty, the Irish Spa Association, and our very own Ronan Percival, CEO of Forced Lawn Software. This quiz is taking place today at 7 p.m. UK and Ireland time or 2 p.m. Eastern time. It's all happening virtually. So you tune in for our Facebook Live. We actually have an event on Facebook associated with this. So if you're listening to this podcast, you'll have the link in today's episode's notes. But we also would love to see uh, your RSVP on our Facebook event page. And that way you can also uh, access the Facebook Live session to set a reminder for, for when it happens later today. The winning team or person of the quiz will get a grand reopening celebration pack for the whole team and will also be given away a prize for best hair and makeup. Uh, so right down your alley, guys. How do you enter for the best hair and makeup contest virtually? It's pretty simple. You upload your picture on social media. You use the hashtag ForcedBigFatQuiz. Tag us at Forced Salon Software and our media partners if you'd wish. So at Modern Salon, at Hairdressers Journal, at Salon Today Official, at ProBeauty underscore zero one and at Irish Spa Association. We'll be sharing entries throughout the night on our Facebook Live. And yeah, essentially, let us know if you'll be joining and by sharing your social media posts to your page using the hashtag like i said forest big fat quiz and don't forget to tag and invite your industry friends who might want to join the quiz night too maybe even join your team and if you have any questions about the quiz you can ask them in the facebook event or dm forest salon software on instagram or facebook we hope to see you there and one last thing before you sign off don't forget to head over to force.com forward slash fm to subscribe to the show's email newsletter and get all the updates and guests downloadable content and resources delivered straight to your inbox weekly on Wednesdays. On that note, that's all we got for this week. So as always, if you want to share your thoughts on Forced FM or this episode specifically, send us an email at forcedfm at forest.com or leave us a review on Apple Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, stay safe and we'll catch you next Monday. All the best. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z. Great music makes great moments. Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Forest FM, the Salon Owners podcast, is brought to you by Forest Salon Software. We help salon owners get their clients back in more often, spending more, and generating referrals. Let's grow.